Our communion meditation is from Ruth. This is the second message, and I will uh, convey the second message from the second portion of chapter 1, but I'm actually going to read the first part again. So this is Ruth, chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to dwell in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. The name of the man was Elimelech, the name of his wife was Naomi, and the names of his two sons were Malon and Chilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they went to the country of Moab and remained there. Then Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died, and she was left and her two sons. Now they took wives of the women of Moab, the name of the one was Orpah, and the name of the other Ruth, and they dwelt there about ten years. Then both Malon and Chilion also died, so the woman survived her two sons and her husband. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this word that you have included in your Bible, uh, the story of this woman and her sons, her husband, her daughters. We pray, Lord, that you would apply this to our lives now, that we can reflect on this that occurred so long ago and yet learn from it. We give you thanks for wisdom from your word in Christ's name. Amen. There was a famine in Israel, Bethlehem, Judah. This family, Elimelech and his wife Naomi and their two sickly sons we covered last week left. And they dwelt in Moab. They dwelt in this foreign land. And yet what happens is Elimelech dies probably fairly early on. And yet... Naomi chooses not to return. Perhaps the famine wasn't over yet. And instead, her sons, her sickly sons, end up taking wives. And yet years pass, and these hopes for a future, perhaps in Moab, fade. Her sons die. And so now we come to what is this portion at verse, uh, verse 6. And I'll read through verses 6 through 9 and then comment on them. Then Naomi arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab. For she had heard in the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. Therefore, when she went out from the place where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. So Naomi has decided to leave this land in which she dwelled. She was not a citizen there. I don't think her husband Elimelech had intended to remain there. Uh, scripture uses the term dwell. They'd just gone to dwell there temporarily to survive the famine. And yet they probably ended up staying there longer than they'd intended because of the loss of Elimelech. And now the loss of the sons have driven her from this land. And she's heard the famine's over. She wants to return home. And so you have to, your hearts have to go out to these women. Here we have three women on their own in a society that really doesn't uh, handle this type of thing well. And here they are dwelling in a foreign land. Now we have Ruth and Orpah whose families are there, but they have now joined this other family, yet it's evaporated. And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. So Naomi tells them, go back home. Go back to your, your family's home. The Lord grant that you may find rest, each in the house of her husband. 
So she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices and wept. Naomi's blessing for them, her prayer for them, is that they would have rest, that they would have a house, that they would have a husband. And yet Naomi, Naomi doesn't see any of that being possible for herself. She has no rest, she has no house, she has no hus husband, and she now has no home, no homeland. She is going to return back, and who knows what she's returning to. It's been 10 years or more. And so what do these young women do? They all wept, and they said to her, Surely we will return with you to your people. So these women, both of these women, love their mother-in-law. They don't want to abandon her. They see that she's lost. They see that she's hurting, and they want to help make it better. They are faithful to her. But Naomi said, Turn back, my daughters. Why will you go with me? Are there still sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn back, my daughters. Go, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I should have a husband tonight and should also bear sons, would you wait for them till they were grown? Would you restrain yourselves from having husbands? No, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. So twice she says, turn back. She commands them, turn back, go, turn back, go. And she admits that she grieves for them. In addition for herself, she's grieving for them as well. And she says, the Lord has done this to me. Now, this is twice that she's said, and when we read this, Lord, it's easy for us to overlook it. But in verse 9, she said, during her prayer for them, the Lord grant that you may find rest. Jehovah grant that you may find rest. She's referring to the specific God of Israel, the God of the Jews. And then again, she says, when she admits grieving for them, no, my daughters, for it grieves me very much for your sakes that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. The hand of Jehovah has been against me. So she admits that she is recognizing the God of Israel, and she's talking to these Moabite women who had embraced the God of Israel when they'd embraced her sons. And so now she's telling them, turn back, go to your homes. Then they lifted up their voices and wept again and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. So we have a different experience now. Until now, Ruth and Orpah, you cannot distinguish between the two of them. They've both experienced very, very similar things. They are young Moabite women. They've married these sickly men of this uh, Elimelech and his wife that came from Israel. The dad died, and yet here they are married to these young men, and so they have set their hopes, their futures, on these men of Israel that will likely return. They knew that when they married them. They will likely return to Israel one day. And yet now they've each lost their husbands. Yet we see different thoughts, different behaviors. And we're not going to go on to verse 15 and beyond. But I want to comment, though, this is the point where things start changing between Ruth and Orpah. They lifted up their voices and wept again, and Orpah kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clung to her. Now, you would think that the kissing actually shows more affection, more endearment. 
Ruth is clinging to her, though, and so that shows more identification. She wants to be with her. She doesn't want her leaving. And I believe what we see portrayed here in this one little scene is the mystery of faith. They are going to take different paths now. Orpah and Ruth are beginning on a very different life, and they will not be the same anymore. They're not these young Moabite girls anymore. They've chosen paths that are very different. This story of Ruth and Orpah reminds me of other pairs that we have in Scripture, such as famous pairs, such as Cain and Abel, Jacob and Esau, and the two thieves on the cross. Each of them had a very different experience. One took a path of faith leading to God, leading, leading to eternal life, and the other took a path that was just solely focused on this earth, not looking beyond this earth. And yet one of those thieves, Jesus promised, would be with him that very day in paradise. So what separates Ruth and Orpah, even at this point, we can begin to tell and we eventually learn is faith. Ruth has committed not just to her husband, not just to her mother-in-law, Naomi. She's committed to this God of Israel, Jehovah. And she's embraced this for life. And we'll see that very clearly next time. And so we come to the table. We embrace the faith of Christianity. We embrace the faith offered by Christ. Are you on that path of faith? That's why you come to the table. That's why you partake of the wine and the bread, demonstrating that you are on a different path than much of this world. And I pray that that is true. We thank you now, Father, for your presence with us, for the power of your spirit at work in this world, in our lives. And we ask you to make this real for us, that these would not be words, that these would not be stories, but that they would reflect acts of faith that are oriented towards a heaven and an eternal life that you've promised. We thank you now and ask that you would apply this, this faith to us, to our hearts, to our futures. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.